It was the first Greek beer that got a great taste. And then last year, we have three labels, and we got a three-star, a two-star, and a one-star. So I reached out, and I, I asked whether I could come and judge this year. Hello, and welcome to the Fine Food Podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. This time, I'm on a train. I'm heading west, I'm heading down to Dorset, Gillingham in Dorset, the home of the Guild of Fine Food. And today's podcast is very much the definition of tough job, someone's got to do it. I've been invited to judge beer as part of the Great Taste Awards. And today we're going to be judging many different beers. Hopefully we'll be giving out one, two and even three star awards and giving, I hope, constructive feedback to everyone who sent in their product that they've worked so hard to put together. So join me as I judge beer for the Fine Food Podcast. Here we are at the Guild of Fine Food down in Gillingham and I'm surrounded by, well, the great and the good of, of the beer and the hospitality world really so I can see there's there's Tim Hampson uh, who I'll speak to later I hope a beer writer and former chair founding member of the Guild of Beer Writers uh, Lucas Holweg who's a food writer and under cook he writes a great column in the Sunday Times Star magazine uh, Sarah Tanner um, I think around 30 years in food and drink Nigel Barden, of course, I'm sure a lot of listeners will know that name um, from his time with on the Simon Mayo Drive Time Show. Does lots of uh, basically, he's a professional foodie, and uh, yeah, does a great job. There's also a guy I really want to speak to, Marinos Alexandru, uh, who's a former winner, um, achieved three stars for some of his beers from Greece. So hopefully, get to speak to him a little bit later. Um, we've got Adrian Tierney Jones, um, who's written more than a handful of books about beer, uh, including A Thousand One Beers You Must Try Before You Die, which is excellent, and I'm steadily working my way through them. Um, but, uh, yeah, first of all, we've got a little announcement um, from uh, John Farrand of the Guild of Fine Food, and then I am judging on a table with Annie Ray, who is uh, food, marketing and PR, and Paul McDougall, who is actually from the world of coffee. So... I'm, I'm looking forward to getting his take on these delicious beers. So, yeah, here we go. Thank you for coming along. Um, we are, of course, here for beer, uh, bottled beer. Um, there are, of course, some cans that slip into that. Um, we had a very successful day yesterday. I think we may have had three or four three stars. So, in terms of the judging, what's the what's the form in terms of what you're looking for and how you approach? Personally, I don't I, I don't sort of look for anything specifically, um, other than that it looks like a beer and rather than something weird. Um, I'd rather sort of go with what. I think it does it look appealing do I want to put it in my mouth um, and when I do does it taste like I expect a beer to taste within some reason obviously there are quite big variances um, and you know does it have all the right qualities like, is there a bit of a bubble what's the colour like you know d does it excite me at all you know, it, on the nose it's almost it is stoutish rather than just dark lager isn't it but and you look at clarity because obviously there's quite a lot of beers these days in particular that 
the cloudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For me, I don't have a formal. I'm like, look at it, smell it, taste it, talk about it. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I try not to be swayed by the description, although it's hard not to be. Because that's um, the producer's description. Yeah, that's that's it what is. the producer's telling us. Mosaic and aqua not for a fruity finish. Well, they've thrown everything at that. <laughs> right, let's have a ball. I think I've ever had an oat IPA before. I'm not sure that I have. Nice balance of fruit with the bitterness. It's not heavily bitter, it's, you know, hoppy bitter, but that's good. It's really foaming as well. It's yeah. Like I'm trying to sort of work out what the oats bring to this. Would I know that it's oaty? Um, no, is the short answer. I wouldn't. What what difference does it make to the beer? And being that that's its sort of selling point, as it were. Or is, is there an, is there that slight you know if you have oat, oat milk yeah. exactly that yeah. slight milkiness at the end? And I'm, I'm wondering if that's the to oats. find it, but. I mean, I had my last sip about a minute ago, and I've still got that slight. It's very smooth. Yeah. Um, do you think that's what the oats bring to Yes. Is that texture? I'm, I'm not smooth. identifying oaty anything, mm. to be honest, but I, I like it as a beer. Mm. Um, and again, it's that removing, you know, your, your preset ideas based on their tasting mm. notes, actually, because I think yeah. none, none of us would have picked up on oats if we hadn't been No, no I wouldn't think exactly, so. Exactly, yeah. that's right. So I'm stood in a room at the Guild of Fine Food down in Gillingham and Dorset and the murmuration you can hear is a lot of industry experts from the beer world, writers uh, and people from outside the beer world such as myself uh, and we're here and we've actually finished a morning of tasting some really incredibly complex and exciting drinks, uh, some just really really well made recognisable uh, uh, types of, of, of their particular class but all in all a really really positive experience and a fascinating process to, to approach how do you blind judge beer? I mean, beer is beer, right? Well, no, I mean, beer is unbelievably complex and varied and there's all sorts of styles and approaches and, and we're seeing people try different methods and different hopping styles, different malts. It's very much a global undertaking as well. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try some English malts with some Pacific North Coast American hops from the Yakima Valley and it's, it's a real world of opportunity for beer. But we're judging beer, and I guess part of that is that removing of your own subjectivity. We all have our style that we enjoy. We all know what we like. Uh, we always order the same thing at the bar more often than not. But actually here we're being forced to try lots of different things, and, and you remove your own personal take. So I'm going to go and wander around a little bit and interrupt some of the judging and see whether some people are okay to talk to me about how they approach. We do think about that, some of the things we've, we've, we've said. Uh, not, not necessarily a personal taste, but in its class, that's, is that a good one in its class or not? And, uh, and some of them have been, um, mostly they've been good of their type. And, and, and 
we sort of happy with that. One, one thing um, that we had a couple of examples of this morning, which were were exciting, were some dark lagers, which were they were surprising. And you looked at them, and you could look at them and say, you could almost look at them and say, this is a porter, because the colour was that dark. And actually, it had some of the same flavours going on. You know, some of those sort of deep, malty, coffee, toasty flavours. And yet there was a lightness and a, and a freshness there as well, and very, and very clever. And actually, I was surprised by those. And actually, they were some of the things that I, that I found myself really liking, although that's not something that I would ever necessarily go for. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's good that, that one can be surprised. Can I come over here and speak to you a little bit about beer? Is that, is that acceptable? Thank you. Hello. Between rounds, how, how, how is it all going? Have you have you found anything exciting this afternoon? This morning, there seemed to be a couple of things that really captured people. Morning, yes, I was lucky enough to be on the table that found the the three star, and that was, as we always know, when we find one that really is a three star, it has that wow factor. You you know you want to go back and drink more of it, and even though we know we shouldn't be drinking too much of it, you'd love to. Well, my my table, we described it as a sort of a sitting in front of a roaring fire kind of beer. It had a real rich sort of leather bound feel to it i thought it was a bit special it had the luxury and and the and the uh, yes it it was all those things but it was also as i think i said to you earlier that it it would also have been equally wonderful if you were sitting outside on a balmy evening having a barbecue because it was robust enough to stand up to all those wonderful barbecue flavors and barbecue sauces and whatever when you're looking at these beers i think I'm, i'm hearing a lot from different people oh, this would be a really good food-pairing beer. This would be, you know, obviously you've got these amazing standalone drinks, but how important do you think that is for, for a beverage to be able to sit alongside food? Do you think it's relevant to the process of judging? With some, it certainly is, yeah, but maybe not with all. Mm. And are you finding any, because, I mean, we've had a few that are almost falling into a, I hesitate to say it, but a kind of a wine style almost. It's quite sort of light and elegant and, you know quite crisp and would work well with fish or with you know some some obviously great cheeses cheeses would go well with a lot of really good beers the thing is really most beers are actually much better than wines pairing with food it's actually cheese and, sorry cheese and wine doesn't isn't always such a good partnership as beer and wine is and i think coming here i'm learning about the complexity of beer flavors whereas you know we you know, we, sort of, we don't have as many, even though they're more flowery expressions for wine, there's a greater depth of flavour, or range of flavour and colours in beer than you ever find in wine. So do you think there's a place within beer for that slightly more, I guess, elevated approach to tasting? You know, it's not, there's always a kind of a, the idea that the world of beer is quite sort of robust and no nonsense, but actually we're seeing an amazing range and a real nuance of flavour. And I mean, for me, there's a place but the great thing about beer is that I think it's a democratic drink, is that the best beer in the world costs about the same amount of money as the worst beer in the world. You know, and so it's an affordable luxury for people. And I think at home, a lot of people just automatically pair beer with food without really going into any great theories. They like the beer, they like the food, they just do it themselves. They don't have to read a book on how to do it. It's the democratisation of flavour. There's a phrase that I've heard knocking about. Listen, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave you guys to it and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Thank you for talking to me. Uh, we've got Greece, Greece's finest palate as well. This is a proper European table, uh, but it, yes, an importing beer from uh, Greece, but, but based in London. Tell us a bit about the company. 
Well, I, we, I mean, how I came across Great Taste was that, you know, we started, it was the first Greek beer that got a great taste. And then last year, we have three labels and we got a three star, a two star and a one star. So I reached out and I, I asked whether I could come and judge this year. And how have you seen it affect your business? Because obviously we're all here and we are, you know, you know Nigel, you've given the, the, the picture that, you know, it is fun. It is convivial because it's beer, obviously. But there is, there's a serious thing at stake here. We can have a real influence on absolutely. people's businesses. And, and how is it for you personally? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, on the, one, on the one hand, and as you said, it's quite nice to see it from the inside and see the workings, how you get to actually being awarded something and then, you know, coming to that. But as a, as a business owner that gets affected by that, I mean, from our side, as I said before, we were the first Greek beer to get a great taste and that put us on the map of, you know, the... I would say the outstanding taste in terms of you know what we what we do and then especially last year when we got the three star and you know we 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 got up with the um, with the other you know best products out there we started I mean all of a sudden we started having leads coming to us from all over the world you know from starting from the states to Australia and, and Japan and we um, we from a small brewery in an island in Greece we became a business that actually exports a decent amount right now and that's down to putting us on the map through the great taste. Sarah earlier on she was pointing out the fact that uh, that if you've got a, a, a GTA uh, black and gold star sticker on it one two or three stars on a, a bottle of beer you want to be sure that when someone takes it off a, a, the shelf and buys it and takes it home they think yes I see why they got that star so there's a real responsibility that comes with this and that's something that Marinos um, Sarah and I were talking about is that uh, yeah you, you've got to take it really seriously these are people's livelihoods you're dealing with and if, if they don't hit the mark you've got to feed back and give them information about how they could improve those beers and I think that's really important well that's actually a really important point generally actually we've not mentioned that yet we've talked about the stars and, and obviously that's really exciting but a big part of this is constructive criticism it's not you know there's no room for uh, and move on you, you've got to think why it perhaps doesn't work for you and and, and hopefully that feedback is useful. I mean, you must have received feedback, although obviously, you know, you did very well. There must have been an element of critique there, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you received feedback. We've done very well, but especially now this year that I came and I, as I said before, I saw how, how the whole thing works and how it happens and how you get the feedback and what is it that people that are in the industry for years are looking for. And the guidelines on, you know, as Nigel was saying, am I going to judge something when where the consumer is going to take it home and think, yes, I can see why this is you know it's a great taste it's inside a, a great you know package uh, it's it's very very important and you know it affects your you know your creation as a as a businessman all the people that are working to create that and at the end they your your consumers and you know the people that are supporting what, are you, what you're trying to, to offer in the market and in a sense it's twofold in that you've got the validity of the product it has to live up to what people expect from a two-star but also it's the validity of the war of the awards in general if things are getting two and three stars that people are like well I don't really don't think much of that that causes questions about all the other products out there not just beer so I think yeah rigor I think is the is the watchword here today but one of the things I look for is, as a journalist who writes about beer is I want to make sure that the beer if it says it's a Bavarian Hellas is quite close to that style um, and then also looking for whether the the aroma is right the mouthfeel the taste the finish 
um, that is an integration between all the, the the elements of the beer. So I'm looking, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, so it's quite a structured analysis you're making of the product. And yeah, well, it sounds like it is, but sometimes I'll sometimes you just get excited about something, and uh, yeah, and and we've just been talking quite a lot about the kind of the validity of the star system. That actually, to get that one star, that product's doing really a good job. You know, it's. It's, there's a really big gap between something that we don't judge at all and something that will give a star to because no star can cover a multitude of like this is actually not that great a beer or, or anything to one can be like this is really interesting this has got something that can stand up or it could be potential of this has already got one star like we think this is a great product but it could be even better it could be a really sensational product in some sense and have you found anything this afternoon? Because there were a couple of things this morning that I thought were really exciting, but this afternoon are you... Well, we just had the peachy one, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to think what we've had this afternoon. This morning we had that absolutely incredible yeah. one that we gave a three-star to, which is a sort of barley wine-style beer, which we really loved. It was so orangey and so contro, but hadn't actually had any orange added into the recipe. It was just purely through virtue of the hops that that flavour had come through which is well that's been something that I found really fascinating today because I mean I love beer I drink beer but my world is cheese so I understand how cheese works but to see these beers where they're coming with these incredible variety of flavours and it's the hops that's doing that job or it's the way the beer is made that's doing that job they're not necessarily pouring you know they're not putting guava in there or pineapple in there that's all coming through I think that's fascinating well beer is beer is a close cousin to cheese they're both members of the family of fermentation and I think yeah I mean one of the most memorable beers I had this morning was a take on a Bavarian vice beer and for a, well I presume it's a British brewer he actually he or she actually got it to spec you know we had the banana custard notes the clove notes the great brisk carbonation so there's been some good beers today and yesterday and you know hopefully we carry on finding some more. yeah absolutely well i'm going to let you carry on with your important work and enjoy the rest of the afternoon and thank you for your time cheers i'm going to put my microphone down and get back to the important task of uh, of judging beer so i'm on the train back up to london and that was brilliant really fascinating day trying all sorts of delicious things we awarded one stars two stars and some three stars and I really think it's worth emphasizing that a beer or a product that gets one star is a really delicious extraordinary product um, you know to get a three is, is a bit mind-blowing actually but a one star and a two star I think you've done a fantastic job so what a privilege to be there to judge beer for the fine food podcast see you next time the Fine Food Podcast is produced by Salomon and Michael Lane of Fine Food Digest. It's edited and presented by me, Sam Wilkin. If you want to know more about the Guild of Fine Food, go to gff.co.uk and check out Salomon Sam on Twitter and Instagram.